Welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Monday, April 20th, 2020. Hope you all are doing well. If you're new to the podcast, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I ask that you subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. For those of you all that are returning, thank you so much as well. Thank you for your continued support to the Between the Dream podcast, all of our sponsors and donors, those of you all that keep this podcast rolling. I just want to say a thank you and a quick shout out. I ask that you continue to share as well. Um, listen, for those of you all that are new, I just want to encourage you all real quick to make sure you follow me uh, on Instagram, Jr. Facebook, Richard L. Taylor Jr., and my website is richardtaylorjr.com. I'm getting all of my handles and everything out of the way early today because, once again, we are back in week three of this series called Covered, and I've got a very special guest with me today, um, someone that I look at as a, a mentor, a big brother. I was so blessed to be able to have um, just a small bit of time to serve under him. Um, during my time in college, actually, we were at the same church and got a chance to sing while he was worship leading um, and just got a chance to learn from him, been following his journey and his life over the years. And now he is just killing the game. He, he wears so many hats. He is the lead pastor of Renew Church, um, but he also, he sings, he writes just amazing music. And we're going to get into a lot of that. My big brother, Greg Armstrong, Pastor Greg Armstrong is here today on the Between the Dream podcast. Greg, welcome. And thank you so much for tuning in with us, bro. Hey, man, it's so good to be here. I tell you what, Richie, you mean a lot to me. I'm so proud of what you're doing. And just, uh, you've just been taken off. I'm inspired. I'm blessed. And I'm glad to be here. Hey, man, I appreciate that, bro. And thank you, man. You um, have been such, dude, I, I always say that you carry such a, a gift to encourage. It's insane, right? And and the funny part is that you don't have to say much. It started, like, if you all get a chance to see Greg and follow him and just see the work that he does, it, it doesn't even start with like the words that he says. It's that the smile, like that infectious smile, and just the <laughs> the welcome, the welcoming presence that you carry. Right mm. when, when you just, I mean, man, when people get a chance to meet <laughs> you and see you, I remember the first time I met you, Greg. Like it was crazy because you 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 welcomed me as if you had known me for forever, and that's yes, not sir. up front with you. Like you do that with everybody, <laughs> bro. Like you literally make them feel like you've known them forever, man. Man, yeah, man, I love people, man. I, I mean, I love people, and you know, I've always had this gift to be able to see, you know, just the, just the great vibes in people, and so I, I just love doing that. I, I believe every moment we have, we need to just treasure people's lives, man. And and so when I meet somebody, I'm all in with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, we need more of that, man. I, I think that's one of the, the things, guys. As we listen to this podcast today. Um, you know, you're, you, today you're in for a treat because you are talking to somebody who I think, Greg, you not only see people with God's eyes, but you also see, you, you see life with God's eyes, right? You, your perspective and just your level of optimism and, and faith Amen, bro. and, and faith is, mm. is something that I think we need in, in times like this. Yeah. I know we're going to, we're going to dive into this conversation as we do this covered series and talk about, you know, this idea of, you know, has purpose change and all of that. And I know you're mm. going to give us some great, you know, 
just tools to take away as we talk about this COVID-19 piece. But before we even get there, man, I don't want to get too ahead, too far ahead of myself. Oh, man, I just I really want the people to be able to get a chance to know you. And and as you know, the person that you are, Greg, I know you carry an interesting background. Um, uh, I've heard stories and I've, I've seen small pieces of the legends of the Hooper that once was right. And, <laughs> and, and all that, but, but man, just give us a little bit of your life. Like take us through that and, and, and everything, I guess that led you up into this space um, to where you are now as a lead pastor and just as a ministry leader who was doing so much throughout this country. Yeah, man. You know, I grew up, I'm, I'm a, I'm a young boy from the West side of Chicago, you know, um, and I grew up in a ministry family right mm. so I, I grew up in a christian home and my, my parents were very devoted to christ my grandfather was a pastor for many years at our home church growing up and so i kind of came out the womb man just just in in the kind of the church um the, the church sector and the church ethos man and, and so i had no choice uh, but to kind of lean into like church life mm. right and so uh, I grew up in church as a ministry kid doing music in my in, in my local church, my grandfather pastoring. And I, I had an interesting background because I'm I grew up in the west suburbs of Chicago, which is Maywood. And so it was it it, it was kind of it was kind of hoodish, but at the same time, you know, at the same time, um uh, my parents were adamant about putting us in Christian education. And so mm. they bust us out into DuPage County. Uh, to go to to go to a Christian school, which was predominantly white Dutch Christian reform oh, yeah. church, and uh, so that's why I learned a lot of, you know, a lot of practice there from that tradition. And so, imagine with me, you know, first grade through high school on Sunday mornings, I'm on a B3 playing music at my church during the week. We're singing Michael W. Smith with guitars and you know <laughs> and banjos, you know what I mean. And so I had this interesting outlook on life and faith and perspective. Came, long story short, came through you know my upbringing as a child. Went to college. Um, college was different for me because I had a radical experience with Jesus in college, where I had been so accustomed to church. I had done church so long. My family was a church family but I had yet to really encounter Christ, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, college for me, man, when I met you, you know, not too long before I met you, college for me, man, was like a revival. It was, yeah. it was a, uh, it was a, um, it was a time of reflection. You know, it's your first time away from home. You're, you're not under the, the, the shadows of your family and your, your, your grandfather's a pastor. And I just needed to discover life on my own. So I wasn't, so I had a lot, I was caught up in a lot of stuff when I went to school, to be honest with you. Wow. Always kept my, always kept my posture and heart towards like loving God, but I dipped it. I dipped and dabbled in some of everything, man. So, you know, in that season is where I really discovered who I was and that the love of God really over, overtook me. And then, and then from there is kind of when ministry began. So a lot of what you all see, um, even if some of those who are listening to this um, were part of our experience in college, a lot of what you saw when we started writing the songs for the choir and holding Bible studies on campus and being involved in local church ministry, that was as a result of like an awakening that I had yeah. um, early on, maybe towards the end of my freshman year, um, around when I met my wife, actually. Okay. Um, uh, that was around, that was like an awakening that I had and there was a hunger and, and I knew at that moment that God was preparing me for 
um, for people, to love people, to pastor people, to lead people. And that's where I cut my teeth. And, and so much love to the local churches that I served in, in, in college, like New Hope and Cathedral, yeah. who opened up an, an opportunity for me to make all kinds of mistakes, to, to find my voice as a communicator, to, to, to open up the doors, to let me bring in those who are on campus, to love on them, minister yeah. to them, have Bible study. You know, so that's kind of what my journey has been, man. It's been a very, a very multi-ethnic journey as it relates to like my my sphere of influence and and family. And being that you know my school situation coming in northern, I carried that same weight on me. Um, but even though I dabbled and dabbled a little bit, you know, the Lord really gave me an awakening, and that's where like my ministry life began. That's where it started. I love it, Greg. And so it's funny that you say that because I remember when I met you, you had already graduated and you weren't in NBC anymore in the choir. Um, oh, that was a ways out. Yeah. Because, okay, you know, right so, you know, I came in, I mean, I'm, I was the young blood. So for those of y'all that don't right. know, Greg, Greg and I are fraternity brothers as well. Shout out to McGee Sayerete Christian Fraternity yes, Incorporated. Um, and yes, so, and, and, and in that, you know, when I came in, Greg, like, you were one of the you you know our founding bros on that on that 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 campus in that chapter and <laughs> and you I mean you were kind of like I'd heard stories right you were like the man the myth and the legend right like oh man Greg you know <laughs> you gonna love Greg like he wrote songs for the choir you know Northern Black Choir man we and you know it was crazy because when I came in like the choir was like a hundred and twenty strong right we were deep but yeah they were man telling us deep. about like. They were telling us about like the the NBC Greg era where it was like almost 200 members and we were like a real mass choir. <laughs> and like, I'm like, well, who is this dude, right? And so I remember finally going to Cathedral of Praise to visit for the first time. And then when I met you, it wasn't the, the, the I'm sorry, it wasn't the face-to-face meeting. I met you through the worship side. And so it was- oh, wow. Because, like, I grew up in, you know, Monument of Faith, Apostle Richard Daniel Henson. You talk yes, about, sir. like, a general in the in the faith, right? Yeah, And man. so, yeah. you know, you're talking about a church that didn't move. Man, like, we didn't sing Kirk Franklin's Revolution until 2010. And by then, it had been out for a while, right? <laughs> and, so, and so, you talk about a church that was so gung-ho, like, on, like, old-school mass choir gospel music. And getting to mm. cathedral and having you lead worship, and then next thing you know, like, I'm like, yo, what the heck is this dude singing? Like, what is a Michael W. Smith, right? Like, Greg, like, <laughs> you literally, you were, I, were, I can honestly say that you were the bridge for me when it came to the crossover from gospel to CCM. Like wow. you made it a norm for me. And I've never actually shared this with you before. But wow. <laughs> prior prior to, to coming to Cathedral of Praise, before I joined the worship team with you all, like yeah. just hearing the music. And so I'm not gonna hold like I'm not gonna hold you. Like it took a minute for me to actually get with it because it wasn't my norm. Right. But wow. you know, you talk about the way that God works, man. And what I think is so incredible is that, you know, in the space that I'm in now, living out here in Seattle and being in a predominantly white space, even though Seattle is a huge melting pot, when you talk about the ministry standpoint, you talk about being right. in a predominantly white space where 
most of the music is CCM, it's kind of like, yo, like I felt like I was, I was partially prepped and bred for it to where I can yeah, navigate, yeah. I can navigate the spaces to where um, vocally, obviously I carry more of that, like, you know, heavy, you know, gospel background sound, but being able right. to, to, to link in to the CCM style of it, man. And yeah. I never thought that having that experience with you and meeting you in that space would actually play such a heavy role where I am now. And so <laughs> yeah, it, know, it's right? funny, I didn't realize that this was you growing up in, in high school, I'm sorry, um, being in this space where you were like Michael W. Smith in high school for a black kid from the west side of Chicago? Like, what? Well, I'm telling you, man. I'm t that's what it was, man. It was, it was, I was in the chapel band, you know, I was, it's funny, man, because in high school, I was, I was a jock, man. I wasn't, right. I, I wasn't, I, I was a ball player, man. So they didn't really know a lot about my church experience, like outside of like school. But, you know, I played a little music. I played a little bit. At, at, at my school and but that's what we were singing every week man so I was opened up to this world and like you, you mentioned God working man and, and for I know now for sure that all of that is orchestrated for your purpose man yeah. you know, it's all orchestrated for where you're headed because you know I, there were many there were many days and nights where I griped and complained to my parents why can't I go to our local school my all my friends are going to Supervisor to East all my friends are going to this school over here mm -hmm. and and they were like no we want you there we want to keep you. and and I had to thank my parents for a long time wow. after leaving school because my purpose is so tied to this mission of multi-ethnic ministry that um, outside of having those experiences, one, I would never have had the voice to really speak into a multi-ethnic context. But, but in addition to that, hear me on this, is that I wouldn't know how to address like racial systemic issues mm. in our world from a place of balance and not a place of like anger, right? So there's a, because I got friends in all these spaces and I, and I have to minister in all these spaces. And so, mm. so the totality of like your purpose is carved out by God. Like he told Jeremiah before the foundation of the world, I knew you like his, everything that, that, that everything that you've experienced, all the context that you've been in, have been used by God to shape who you are today. And oftentimes it's not until you get older and until you get into like the heart of your mission so you can look back and say, man, that was for a purpose. Yeah. That makes sense, man. And I'm glad about it. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, man. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that that's really just amazing to hear you say too, right? Like, and, and, and it's no secret, you and I have conversations off air about this all the time. Oh, yeah. Definitely in the space where I'm moving into, man, I know that reconciliation has been such a huge part of my calling. And so yes. I'm, I'm honored to be able to learn from you in that regard and just to see how you move, flow and function, man. And so thank mm -hmm. you for that, Greg. Hey, let's let's dive deeper into the conversation, G. Um, yes, sir. So we got we got COVID-19 happening and obviously it has been such a huge shift. Um, man, uh, you have been leading the charge. Um, when it comes to ministry leaders that I have been following and been able to see up close and personal when it comes mm. to just being able to still spread the gospel, spread the love of Jesus Christ, and to also spread that hope and faith in a moment where a lot of folks have scrambled, right? And, and a yeah. lot of people are just trying to figure it out. And when I say people, 
I'm talking about the non-believers. I'm talking about the believers. And I'm talking about those who shepherd the believers as well, which I'm going to dive into this on the second half of this this, this episode with you. Mm -hmm. But man, just to really kick this off, um, I had a thought uh, a few days ago, and it was this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm looking through my timeline on social media and in so many words from so many people posting, it, it really does have that overwhelming feeling and sense of like, man, like there are folks out here battling right now, feeling like with COVID-19 happening, it's not only halted their movement currently, mm. but many people are feeling like it's putting a halt to the movement as it pertains to God's plan and purpose for their life. Right. Like it is just stop them in the tracks. They don't know what to do. They don't know what's going on. And so I ended up posting um, a a, a quick little like Instagram type of thing the other day just to kind of give some encouragement around it. But man, I thought about you in this, not just because you carry such a high level of optimism and faith, but as I've been following your ministry, definitely through the the COVID-19 piece with you constantly um you know being consistent with uh the the services and posting renewed live services on facebook live every sunday um Mm -hmm. there's this this message that i have at least been catching and i know you said that it's actually it's it's been your heart but this this message to really reinforce that 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 reminder that yo god has not forgotten about you Right, mm-hmm. and that, that his purpose yeah. is still here for you. And Jesus, so before we get into the question portion of this, I just, can, can, I, can, can you just give us a little bit of your heart in that as to what has been pulling and pressing you and what have you been seeing from the people when it comes to this idea that, man, like, yo, like, this COVID-19 has completely just halted everything that God was going to do through me or use me for. Yeah, that's good, man. That's it. And definitely, man, we've seen that. We've experienced that. People are really leaning in to this this whole idea that, man, I'm halted. You know, I, I really consider context a lot, man. You know, and the context, the context of, like, Western America, if you think through it, like, we are such, like, rapid, evolving, on-the-move people. Like, we don't even understand. To be honest with you, you know, you ask most people, you know, how have you been? What you've been up to? Oh, I've been busy. I've been busy. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because the, our culture celebrates movement and our culture celebrates like activity and doing things and being busy and spinning plates. When in actuality, like when we mirror that to the scriptures, like there's no direct correlation between like a Western American busy person mm-hmm. and what God was trying to relay um, in scripture as it relates to like context and, and what he's calling us to do. My point in saying that is this, is that a lot of us are, are, are antsy and we're anxious because we don't have an outlet to be busy, to do. A lot of us equate like our purpose and our, our, our mission with doing, but oftentimes we're doing so much and we're in such rapid mo- mo- momentum that we don't even have space to get proper download from God mm. for purpose. Like we're, you know what I mean? We're, we're praying about this on our call this morning. You know, we're, we're moving so much. Like we're so good at doing church, being, you know, we're doing church, we're having services, we're doing live streams, we're doing all these things that we feel like that is our purpose. And that's mm. not our purpose. Our purpose is to manifest Christ. These, the, you know, if I'm speaking to Christians, non-Christians, 
non-Christians, this, you know, this wouldn't relate so much so until you would come into a relationship with Christ. But our purpose is to manifest Christ, to, to have a common good where we're loving our neighbor, where we're loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and we're loving people the same way. And so we think platforms is purpose. Platforms is not purpose. Uh, the gospel is purpose. Mm. And so for me in this season, uh, family, honestly, the gospel can move forward as strong as it ever has in, in, in the vein that God has called you to. And it's not always moving and shaking and doing and activity. There are many seasons, like if you read the scriptures carefully, there are many seasons where great prophets, great men of God, there were so many seasons of rest and just, and just saying, hey, we're, we're, we're going to, what did David say? He said, wait on the Lord. You need to mm-hmm. wait with expectancy. You need to wait with expectancy. He, he asked God, he said, what should we do here? When, when, when they came back uh, and, and, this, and his whole town was obliterated, what should we do? What, what, what is the next step? And so for me, uh, Richard, I feel like this is a season to say, my purpose hasn't been halted. Perhaps God is looking to reveal my next step. Oh, wow. And perhaps, perhaps I'm so busy and I move so quickly that God's been trying to update me, but I'm, I'm too wrapped up in doing what I feel I need to be doing for my purpose, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole vibe nowadays, the team, no sleep, you yeah. know, hustle hard. We, and even in the Christian world, you know, preachers, pastors, men and women, Christians hustle hard, man, get it done. Don't sleep. No, no, no. I, I believe while I don't believe God inflicts these things upon us, I believe God can use this season to reinforce our purpose, to shape our purpose, to give more clarity to our purpose, to weed out the things, as John 15 says, to prune away the branch of some of the excess clutter that has kind of suffocated your purpose. And perhaps you were running at 30% prior to COVID-19, but now after we come out of this or even during this, God's pruning us so much so that we can start running at 80%, 90%, being more efficient, being more innovative, and being more clear as to what God's calling us to do. Wow. That's amazing, G. That is that is yeah. amazing. Like, and, and just this idea that, you know, a lot of this is wrapped around perspective more than anything else. Like, have we, right, been, have right. we been duped into thinking that the purpose, I love what you said, right? We've been in this space thinking that, you know, the live streams and all this other stuff is our purpose. And I've been hearing a lot of people, you know, we see the jokes now in the memes and everybody's like, you know, it's so many pastors and, and, and social media, quote unquote, influencers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> right, that right. out right now. But I think at its very core, because I truly believe that each of us has a God-given purpose, definitely when we tap into the relationship and the love with Christ that we can, you know, fully, you know, see and dive into. But in, in being able to find that purpose, a lot of it does come in moments like this, man. You said it. We have been so busy, just busy. But busy just doesn't always on, mean productive. Busy doesn't exactly. always mean that. Exactly. Producing fruit, right? And so exactly, I that, man. I love that you really broke that down and kind of it just set the foundation with that because I think it, even for me, as I'm listening to you say that, I'm like, you're you're giving me things to think about when it comes to like some of my gripes 
and some of the things that I've been right. thinking about, and I'm like, well, man, like, yo, like, are you really looking at this with a full lens, right? It's so right, and there, and there's always there's always a refining, right? There's always a there's always a reflection season to your purpose, mm. and so the way I, the way I'm trying to encourage people is so the way I see it, if I could give you a visual, so I'm you know we're all at home, we're all kind of doing different tasks now, we're all working from home. How much how much reinforcement can I pump into the hearts of our people? Like you are called, you are, because there's a flip side to it. Like the Bible says, I don't mean to turn this into a church service, you know, but you know, like the Bible says, like, like the Bible says, like we have an adversary. And so in my, in my viewpoint, Richard, you know, they say that mine is the devil's playground and Mm. the devil loves to come when we're very adamant and when we're still. And so what happens is I know that the enemy is coming hard at people's minds with fear with sickness, with thoughts of depression, with all the, he's Mm. coming at us hard, right? Because we are still, we are no longer busy. We're no longer on the move. And so for me, I want to counter that with pumping as much purpose and, and reinforcement into people's hearts as possible so that, so that they're, they're sitting there knowing that, okay, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not outside of the house walking in my purpose physically, but maybe I can be working on my purpose internally. How can I reflect internally and say, what are some areas, what are areas that have become idols in my life that, mm. that have been hindering my purpose? Wow. What is the, you know, am I on That's the right real. path still? Mm-hmm. God, am I still on the right path? So the question is not, do you have a purpose? You have a purpose. The question is, at what level is God pruning, refining, and restoring and reemphasizing that purpose while we are in a quarantine season and we have to reflect more. Ooh. And that's what I want to lean into. Cause when we come out now, what I, what I think is going to happen is when we come out of this, now we're going to hit the ground running. Now we, now we're going to have a better perspective. I don't have to be as busy. I can be more innovative with technology. I have refined my goals. I've heard from God. I've pruned off people and things and activities that were no longer necessary. We're learning in this season that much of what we were involved in brought no fruit to our lives. Mm. Now we're going to come out stronger. And in my opinion, the devil's in trouble because the mature Christians are about to rise up and uh, with a refined purpose and forward movement. Wow. Greg, that's so good. And I want to dive deeper into that. You said something that's actually got me wanting to um, add, add something completely different when we get into sure. the, the next half of this episode. But before we do, listeners, um, I just want to encourage you all to take this all in. We're going to take a quick break, get a message from our sponsor. And Pastor Greg and I are going to be right back. All right, guys, welcome back to the Between the Dream podcast. I am joined here by my good friend, my mentor, my big brother, Pastor Greg Armstrong, lead pastor at Renew Church. Greg, you uh, have been blessing us, man, already. And I just want to, I want to dive into this. You said something as we were getting ready to close out the first half of this episode. You you said it it, it, so quickly in the, in the, the conversation of like, you know, things being revealed, revelation happening during this time, perspective being gained. You mentioned something about being able to see ourselves when it comes to uh, the the things that we've created idols out of, right? And and mm, yeah, these distractions and temptations, and I know this was not on the, the original 
run of show. <laughs> but man, I want to flow with the spirit in this because I, I believe that you have something here for us that we can take away. Man, what encouragement would you give to, to, to people in that space? And the reason why I'm asking this is because I think for all of us as humans, whether Christians who, you know, we're believers or those who are non-believers, we are all human beings who find ourselves in moments where we do have to reflect. And, and we yeah. are in, in a COVID-19 type of situation in our lives, even when COVID-19 isn't happening, where we are caused to, we are, 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 sorry, forced sometimes to slow down, or maybe we're in a season in a position to where we don't have as much going on. So we are in that moment where self-reflection happens. And, and gee, if we can be completely honest, when self-reflection happens, sometimes we are not only seeing the good things about ourselves, we're seeing mm. the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. And yeah, it's man. A discouragement for some of us when we see those ugly parts of ourselves and, and some of us choose not to deal with it. Some of us make excuses for it. Some of us run away or we will try and get busy again so that we don't have to address it, man. I, I just, mm. what encouragement would you give for those who see that ugly and don't know how to handle it or don't know how to, how to I guess, lean into it to make better from it? Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's actually a great thought, man. When we do reflect, we start seeing some of the ugly areas. Um, I, think, I think that's where, you know, if I can, if I can address it this way, you know, uh, the, the large majority of our society is kind of hinged on social media, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, when we, when we take a picture, we want the perfect angle, we want the right filter, we want it to look good. And when we've bought into this cultural awareness that, like, we want to present a perfect picture to the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in every aspect, like, you know, let's crop the picture, let's, you, right, know, right, you know what right. I mean? All, all the churches are like, yeah, don't show the empty seats, show the right. good show seats. The, show the the <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's kind of like a, it's really like, it's really like a subconscious um, um, kind of, kind of sickness to a degree because, you know, we, because we use that kind of introspection and we carry it into our own personal lives as if like we lie to ourselves about the ugly that we see mm -hmm. and, and, and see everything about like the faith, you know, I'm a pastor. So everything about our faith has to do with authenticity. Like God can't deal with anything that we won't confront and bring before him as ugly as it may be. And not only that, God is not shocked by the ugly that he may see in you. Mm -hmm. And so for me, for me, if I know God's not shocked by the ugly, I'm a ride with him. You know, wow. I'm a ride with him. And so that self-reflection really helps you really weed out those areas. And if we're all honest, when we start really addressing these, these areas of ugly inside of us as we do reflective work, that's a burden lifted once that thing is addressed. Mm. And, and the, the good thing about being a Christian, here's what I love about Christ, is that, that he takes those burdens, right? So for, mm -hmm. for non-Christians, it's difficult because you, you kind of process those things or you can go to therapy and, and we all need to do that, by the way. Yeah. But, but as, a, as a Christian, you know, I can take that ugly re reflection and, and I, I can offer it to Christ and he takes it from me and he exchanges it with his beauty. Mm. You know, one of the, one of the things I, I've been really meditating on as far as that's concerned, I've been able to see my life in another light being in this quarantine season. You know, my life is super on the move. I'm either I'm preaching or I'm singing or I'm taking care of people. That's just the life of a pastor. I've signed up for it. I love it. Mm. And it's wonderful. The majority of my life has been worship and music. I've led people in worship from two people to 2000. It's beautiful. I love yeah. it. But you know what I've learned, Richard, in this season? is that my worship has changed. And here's what I mean. Mm. Like, and, and this is part of that reflective piece we're talking about. 
the Lord has shown my worship in a different light. You know what my worship is now? What's my worship is watching trolls with my boys. <laughs> my worship is cooking breakfast for my family. My worship yeah. is sweeping the kitchen, vacuuming. My wife don't like clutter. My worship has been making sure I help out. You know what I'm saying? And so the Lord, for me, wow. he was showing me in this season that your worship was very monolithic. It was very focused on your keyboard, your guitar, and your voice. Mm. But God has been showing me a worship that he is just as honored with, if not more, that in my family is my first audience that I get to lead and me serving them. Like, like the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Me, me serving her, me serving my boys mm. has been the most powerful worship moments that I've experienced over the last month being at home. Mm. And so I've learned, I've learned, you know, at first it was like, you know, right, leave me alone. I got to go be with God. Leave me alone. I got to go <laughs> write a song. Leave me, you know what I mean? Leave right. me alone. I have to go worship. I have to go do this. And then God, God halted me, man. He said, no, no, that is your worship in this season. Wow. Your worship is to get up at the crack of dawn. Your boy's going to run downstairs, love them, embrace them, watch a movie with them, help them with their homework, love your wife, go have fun, order some DoorDash, <laughs> have laugh, crack jokes. And that's been my worship. So my point is, as I have reflected upon my purpose, God has redirected some very important areas of my purpose, saying this, that while you're winning the world and leading the world in worship, I want you to lead your family and win your family. That is worship. And so that was the ugly part I had to say, but God, I'm, no, no, no. This, this is what I've called you to do. And it's been a beautiful exchange and a beautiful transformation for me. Um, and I'm glad I caught it now because a lot of faith leaders, they get too thick in the weeds. And then we've lost our family, we've lost our kids, and we, we're winning the world. And I don't want to be that person. That's that's powerful, Greg. Um, I'm glad that you said that because I think that that's something that that needs to be um, heard and re-implemented. I think just, you know, over, man, when you talk about um, just having the keys to success um, in, in a very natural standpoint and even mm. in a spiritual aspect, I think sometimes, you know, it, it's funny because I think about like my grandma and my mom who brought, you know, all of us up in church you know, they say, don't be so earth, so heavenly bound with, you know, earthly good, right? And so right, that, right. that idea of like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing this for the Lord, I'm doing that for the Lord. And like, God is like, yo, like, I need you to be, I need you to be this right now on earth. Like you said, for your family, for your wife, yeah. you know, for the, <laughs> for the people around you, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't, it, I think a lot of times we think that if it's not spent, you know, laid on our face, crying, prostrate, you know, right. it, it ain't, you know, it ain't service. And I'm like, no, but like, that's, that's servitude to its fullest extent right there where you can really come to the end of yourself to realize like, yo, like, no, like this is a part of my calling with the servant's heart. And, and to and be it's spiritual. Yeah. man. And, and, and so it's spiritual, man. the idea of key to success when it comes to sometimes we overcomplicate things where God is like, yo, if you just do this, everything else is going to come together. Like it's going to. Right. <laughs> right. It's, right. It's beautiful, it's, man. It's beautiful. It it's what, what he's doing in my life right now, man. And, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's an honor, man. I, I sense his presence in it. And mm -hmm. it's funny, man. Like, you know, I, I'm probably going to be talking about this a lot coming out of, the COVID-19 season, but I've sensed his presence in like, 
just being present with my family yeah. and, 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 you know, cleaning and, and like he meets you where you are. And so for those who are, and this is kind of back to an earlier conversation in the first segment of the podcast, but those who are struggling with your purpose, it's not that your purpose has been halted, but your purpose can certainly be redirected, mm. though it will still be connected. You know, yeah. I'm still a worship leader. I'm still a pastor. I'm still a communicator, but I'm a father. I'm a dad. And and me taking out the garbage because my wife don't want it in here is just as powerful as me leading someone um, in a song of worship because it's honoring, it's honoring her. It's honoring my family. And it's the presence of God that's in the midst of it. And so my purpose doesn't change, but what I do within it may a little bit, but it all stays connected. I love that, Greg. And so I know that you, you put that out as a general, you know, piece to just people in their purpose, but that was actually going to be one of my follow-ups with you as we, um, you know, started to, to, to wrap um, in a bit here was the idea of like, yo, what is the encouragement? Because obviously from one side, you have that with just, you know, everyday followers of Christ, right? Who are just right. like questioning purpose. But then I think deeper too, man, with what we've been seeing with this outbreak and with, you know, church changing on the fly and we've gone from communing and gathering together to somewhat of this kind of like scattered church, so to speak. Yeah. You've got leaders and ministry leaders who have started to scramble because mm. they're doing something outside of their norm. They're being stretched. Um, you know, yeah. they, at first it was kind of like, oh, okay, you know what, we can manage because even though, like you think about it, like out here in, in, in Washington state before, you know, New York's numbers started rising, we were the epicenter. And so we mm. started getting some quick movement of like, all right, um, we're going to move it to, to, to churches of 250 or more. You can't gather anymore. And, and right. that lasted for like a day. The next thing you know, we look up and they're like, all right, 50 or more. So all of the mm. churches out here immediately within a day's time, we're like, oh man, like we thought we were good because we are smaller church plants, but now they're saying that you can't have more 50. And then literally less than seven days later, it's like, hey, 10 or less. And now we're at a point where, you know, two weeks after that, it's like nobody but your family. And so right. we went from congregation to, okay, you know what? Small groups can still work, B groups, life groups. And then now it's like, mm. yo, like we are literally just, hanging on a whim, hoping and praying that people will tune in to a live stream. Right. So we went from this gathering to the <laughs> gathering. And I know for leaders, definitely leaders in ministry, Greg, that can be disheartening. And, and yeah, I'm man. sure that it could be one of those things to where maybe not questioning of a purpose, but maybe questioning more so of like, yo, just like the, the, the reconstruction and, and being fearful that maybe I don't fit into this new norm of ministry for the mm. COVID moment, or maybe even after this is over, when we get back to life, you're like, what encouragement would you give out there in that space, man? Yeah, I would say, especially the ministry leaders, man, God lives in the tension. And we have forgotten that, man. We, oh man, our, dude, our beautiful buildings and our wonderful services and our great equipment has has in, in in many ways and i'm i'm throwing myself in there too mm. in many ways it has crippled us to live crippled us from living in tension the tension meaning the tension of god's change and innovation in times of crisis and see here where the miracles always show up 
the miracles always show up in moments of tension. Mm. You know, the, the children of Israel have been broken out of Pharaoh's camp. They're running. They're being approached by the Red Sea in a moment of tension, in a moment of, for, for this, this army of Israelites to, to some degree, this nation of people mm-hmm. were faced with either death or life. And at that moment, that's where God's miracles actually came in. Yeah. Now, we read these stories as Sunday school lessons, but let's think about it in reality. Like you're being chased by people who want to literally kill you or bring you back into slavery, probably into more obstruction and captivity than you were in before. And you got to understand that family, like we're in this, this season of tension, but this is where God shows himself. Maybe, perhaps, maybe the Western American church has gotten so comfortable with our beautiful cameras and edifices and mm-hmm. worship teams and, and great messages and teaching teams and all these wonderful things that we've, we've created to spread the gospel, which they're not bad at all. But now what I'm learning is every pastor and leader, every person who is feeling the effect, and it, it's exhausting, by the way, it's an exhausting season, Absolutely. but there's a, ten, there, there's, a, there's a tension that God uses to um, shape us in what he's doing next. And we have to flow with the tension and live in it and make adjustments to it so that we can see God's miracles show forth. I'm telling you, I personally believe that while there is a lot of um, brutality in this COVID-19 season, there's a lot of death and there's a lot of sickness. I don't want to undermine those things and, and, and make disregard them by any means. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a beauty to this and that God is doing a reshaping, a reorganizing, and he's doing a reforming, especially in leaders, spiritual leaders, to say that this world could change in a day. Are you, are you connected enough to me that mm-hmm. we can live in the tension together and that you can hear me direct you step by step. Think about That's it, man. Good. Think about it. We are so resourced here. Mm-hmm. We are so resourced. Every one of us has an iPhone. We can go live and have, have church. We are so, re- my, my point is, we're so resourced that we're comfortable, mm. that we don't ever have to innovate. We don't ever have to change. We don't have to have to do things different. We just, we're just, we're, we're, on, we're on autopilot. And in this season, as we have to live in the tension, we have to ask questions. Okay, well, how do I connect with my, my flock and I don't have a building? Okay, I, I got to listen to what God is saying. Mm. I have to be connected to what he's saying so that I can live with him in the tension because he's always going to reveal a miracle in the tension. And so, I, I, you know, that's what I want to encourage. I know it sounds a little bit like, I don't want to be there, but I want to encourage leaders with that, that God has always performed his best in the tension, in the tension, in the tension. Lazarus is dead. We are grieving. Jesus actually cried and he raised them up in the tension is where the miracles show up. You know what I mean? Hey, this will sound kind of funny, but we out of wine. You know what I mean? (laughs) Jesus says, he said there's a tension we can't party like we 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 can't keep this party going well in the tension there's a tension there his miracles show up and we got to believe richard that in the midst of this tension with patience 
that God is turning things around and we're all going to witness a miracle. That may be more people that come into the kingdom of God. That may be more salvations. Mm -hmm. That may be personal healing. That may be new perspective. That may be restoration in families. That may be, we may come out of this and, and, and you have more than you ever had before. Yeah. We don't know, but the miracle is coming in the tension. That's good. I, I, I love it. And, and, and to hear you say that really tells me that we've got to um, not only continue to engage the, the tension. Like, I know we, we look at it as a bad thing. Like, we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't. Right, you know, it, right. It's easy to get caught up in the norms of things. And, and in that, maybe we've lost our sense of adaptability or yeah. I think in that and so the way that I, I man when you said what you just said i thought about the fight scene from um the dark knight rises movie where batman and bane first met each other down in the sewer mm -hmm. tunnel and that entire four and a half minute sequence was really a telltale sign of the fact that bruce wayne's batman had gotten so comfortable in all of the luxuries that he had right. that he wasn't expecting this attack from Bane and Bane literally attacked him from underground. Like he planted a facility under <laughs> the, the armory that Bruce Wayne had created and imploded right. the entire thing. But there was a portion mm. in that battle where they were fighting and Bruce came out and he hits Bane and Bane is looking at the gloves and the, the suit, and he's like, these have cost you your strength. And his next words were, victory has defeated you. And so mm. this idea that we get so comfortable in our victories, mm. like you said, right? We've got, we've got the cameras, we've got the iPhones, we've got the best of technologies. And in this, we've been defeated by the very thing that we quote unquote have the best of. And so just to bring it back to That's what you good. said, Greg, I love what you mentioned in that about, yo, like, this is where you stay close to the cross. This is where you, you dive deeper it, into the word. This is where we retap into the source, right? Because mm, that's, that's right, man. Of it, that's where that's what it is. And I think, man, for me personally, I can be completely honest with you as my as my brother. And then even to the folks that, that are hearing this, that has actually been something that I have been trying to work with over the last few weeks is the fact that like, mm. yo, like you you've done good up until this point. But yeah, you, you having all of these visions and dreams of God using you in a greater capacity for a reason, but you're not going to fully tap into that until you tap into him. And so I can't, right, I can't get away with, with how I used to, and my wife, bro, Delina has been on me constantly like, babe, we need to take more time in the word together. Like what mm, we've done prior good. was good. And instead of me getting mad about it and feeling attacked, I'm like, no, nah, baby, you right. Like, and because and, and, and I don't want to be defeated in thinking that where I am right now is good enough when clearly the, the Holy Spirit is, is calling out for more and like, yo, like I've got so many more levels and you stuck here thinking that you made it. That's right. And you got it. Yeah. And that's right, man. And, and God and, and, and again, like God will work within the pressure to bring you back to that place of like dependency. And, it, oh, and it's so important, man, because, dude, I mean, you know, we planted our church in the west suburbs of chicago the weekend before we shut down in march was like our largest attendance today wow. i mean i was having fun man yeah. i was doing everything in my power i said we cannot <laughs> shut this church down everybody's here this is beautiful we were celebrating and, and it was it was awesome but then then the next week 
you know, we haven't seen our people since that day. So what does that mm. say? That says that I need to be at the foot of Christ, hearing his voice every day. I got to say, how do we connect with people? Who's in need? How do we help? How do we grow? How do, how do I hear your voice in this season? Because those who do not lean into Christ in this season while we're isolated, mm-hmm. they're going to come out of this season in, in, a, in a whirlwind. You know, they're going to come out of this season like what just happened because they didn't stay connected to what God was doing within it. You got to remember that God never stops working in the midst of a pandemic mm-hmm. or, or in a situation like this. He's always moving. And I don't want us to get so lax. And this goes back to your point uh, about the preaching that we've been doing. I don't want us to get so lax and like this is a vacation that we don't take advantage of the 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 heavy emphasis on God's word, mm. what he's saying, him him reaffirming within us who we are in him, all these things, because when we come out, our next assignment is going to be attached to what we heard now. And so you don't want to come out of the pandemic with question marks thinking like, what well, what's next? Well, God was trying to show us what's next while we were isolated and while we were in a position of listening. But if you're not listening, you won't know. So I agree with you, man. We got to we get closer to Christ, man. We got to jump into God's word and we have to, we have to lean into what he's doing right now. He's he's hungry for it. In my opinion, I, yeah. I sense it in my life. He's hungry to pour into me right now. And I want to be present for that. I, I love it, Greg. And as we get ready to close this out, man, one of the, the things that just came to mind, I think I'm actually going to, um, rename this podcast episode once it's actually put out <laughs> but yeah, but in this yeah. idea of the truth is behind all of this when we talk about you know purpose um changing uh a calling changing it, it hasn't and i think that it stems from this idea of being forgotten and the reality mm. is, is that god has not forgotten about us that's good bro that's good you, i gotta preach that you come on take it please and you have you said it in so <laughs> many words greg like you did you said it in so many words of like I, the, the one thing that i'm hearing um in in that last statement that you made is that in order to combat the idea and the lies that the enemy will try and put in our minds of us being forgotten about god is you will find out just how much you remembered by staying connected with him and diving deeper into his word, right? I think Mm. that a lot of times it's easy to feel forgotten when we're trying to do things in our own flow and pay. Greg, you said it. You said that we, we, we're, we're so independent, right? And I think sometimes we've gotten a little too independent to the, to the point where we, even if we don't really notice it and it happens unconsciously, we've been independent in our walk to the point where it's like, oh God, I got this, take a back seat. And in that, exactly. we're, we're realizing like, yo, I might've missed a few steps here because I was a little too independent. <laughs> <laughs> I was way, I'm, a, I'm in over my head, man. And, and I'm, 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 I am literally, uh, I have became a master of leaning on my gift and leaning mm-hmm. on my ability. And man, that's a dangerous place to be, man. You know, you're extremely rich. You're extremely gifted, uh, just a gifted man. And I, I honor you, man. And you know, and the problem, the problem with that is that we really can flow. We can go a little while mm. without that dependence, and nobody would ever know, yes. right? Because giftedness and charisma has the ability to to, to, to yes. cover, to mask mm. exactly, man. And so, and so, what? 
So, so God, God, there have been seasons in my life where God wants me to lean into something that seems simplistic, but it's ordained by him that I felt that my gifting and my ability needed to tackle something over here that was a little bit more strategic and another, another level, but there was no grace on that because I was doing that in my own strength when God was saying, I just want you to do this in my strength. And so, you know, it's, it's possible, man that we can live our lives independent of God's influence. And that's a dangerous place to be. I believe, like you said, this season, I know for me, he's teaching me another level of dependence on God. Like, like Jeremiah 17 says, you know, cursed is the man who trusts in man, but blessed is the man who trusts, puts all his trust in God in every area of his life. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing, man. We got to get back to that trust, man. I'm so happy that you you stated that because I think it really does give us something to consider. And to that point that you made, man, like I think that was the revelation for me as I've been challenged over these last few weeks is that, yo, the gift and the charisma is great, but you haven't really tapped into the foundation that will make it exponentially greater. And, 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 yeah. and gee, that's the thing. I think for me, as I'm noticing it, and I'm hoping that others take away, you know, this point as well, like, I think if this pandemic, this whole outbreak hasn't taught us anything when it comes to being able to, to be fisher of men and to reach those who are yearning and, and looking and seeking for answers, yo, like, in moments like this where things get worse, what you did before is not gonna, that charisma exactly. carried you, right? That, that mask, right? You, exactly. you called it a mask. Exactly. That mask that carried you in 2019 up into this pandemic is not going to be enough. It is time to level up. And, and, and you, yes. you only level up by, by dropping that cloak of independence and getting back to, mm. man, like you said, just being able to be dependent on the father. Which means that we have to be able to take this time to spend with him and to be in the word, right? And so, Greg, I just want to say thank you, man, so, so much. Um, You have given us not just a lot to consider, but a lot of, 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 (laughs) of, of things that we can start tangibly taking to move around with right now. Oh, man, I hope so. I hope so, man. No, I'm I'm so grateful for your time, man, and I'm so grateful for the love that you that you spread today i want to do a few things real quick before we get off this podcast the first is um man where can people follow you where can they follow renewed church can you give us all of your socials and everything so that we can uh man just stay in touch with you yeah that'd be great i'm on instagram at at greg armstrong just my name um our church is on instagram at my renewed church underscore um so you can find us there you can also find us on facebook um, I even jumped on TikTok, Richard, you know, Come on. <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm having fun on TikTok. That's been my, that's been my quarantine project. So I've been having fun. I'm <laughs> preaching the gospel over there, man, on TikTok. I, that's I'm it. loving it, man. I got to find you. Having Come a good on. time. Yeah, man, jump on there. So you can find us there, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Our, our website is myrenew.org is our website. And if you need, for any reason, if you need prayer, if you need to connect, our team is always on call. Mm. So myrenew.org slash prayer. We just want to connect with you. And and we're doing a lot on social now. So please jump on, connect with us there. We're doing a lot of prayer prayer moments where all of our services are there. We're also on YouTube. So you can search Renew Church Chicago on YouTube 
And you can listen to all of our messages there. Be encouraged by God's word. Love it. And not only the messages with Renew Church, but Greg, I got to mention this before we, we Oh, yeah, go. the music. <laughs> Man, because I, I am, you know, that's where, that's where I, I really met you, bro, right? You got yeah, the Renew Collective. Yeah. And, and, right. and, and my hope and prayer is that one day I'll be able to, you know, jump in and, and, and sing a song with y'all. I am oh, going done, to, bro. I am going to do my Psalm 91 challenge song. I am. Let's I'm, go. I'm going to get it Let's done. Go. I'm going to get it done. <laughs> but man, um, just, just can you real quick, because I know that obviously with you, you know, as a pastor in this movement, on, on the side of preaching sure. and teaching the gospel. But man, I know you have a heart for music and I know that the Renew Collective is doing some yes. amazing things right now. Tell us a little bit about Renew Collective and I guess just the, the heart for Renew Collective and the worship and, and everything that you all are doing. Yeah, well, I served as a worship pastor for a good amount of 16, 16 17 years in, in a few different churches. Um, and so coming out of the last church that we served in, we were preparing to plant our church, but we wanted to keep this this worship, uh, this worship vibe going. Well, I was exhausted, to be honest with you. Mm. And a friend of mine, we had coffee and we said, man, we're tired. And I realized I had not seen none of my friends for so long. Those of us who worked in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and so we realized there are a lot of tired church ministry people that need a refreshing and need a night. So that's where, Renew, I don't know if you knew this, Richard, that's where Renew came from. Uh, so know. we started, we started Renew Worship Nights for worship leaders and pastors only to wow. come out and we would lead them in worship and they would just be refreshed and renewed. Well, what happened was everybody started coming. And so we started having these renewed worship nights across the city and the suburbs and it Love just kind of became a thing. Wow. And then we decided that, so all the friends that I was calling in to do this with me, I'm like, well, why don't we just, why don't we just make this a, a thing to to a constant encouragement to the body. So that's where Renew Collective came from. We are a group of different artists, musicians, songwriters, um, creatives, right? Film people. And we have come together and we write songs for the world. We, um, we write songs for the local church. We, we have our videos up there. You can search Renew Collective on mm -hmm. YouTube or you can go to renewcollective.org. Um, and, and our music's there. And it's, it's simply this. It's simply an opportunity for us to join the body in worship, be a voice to spread love across this world and to see people renewed in the presence of God. And so I we love our music. I also have music of my own. So I have a few records out there. If you just go yes, check sir. my name, Greg Armstrong on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to music, but go check out all of our music. I hope you're encouraged by it. We have more music coming out. We're filming more this year. I'm, I'm recording another record in June another project and so music is still a strong part of our lives and i'm thankful for it man. absolutely man i see what y'all are doing with the renew collective and by the way guys at the end of this podcast episode we will be actually playing one of the renew collective songs greg are we doing psalm 91 or are we gonna do greatest name what you want oh man i don't know man yeah. they, you know what let's, let's do this let's do great is the name uh -huh. and then they can they can jump on social and everybody's doing Psalm 91 because we're doing a challenge right now right. for people to sing it. So let's, mm -hmm. let's do it like that. Dope, dope, dope. So guys, at the end of this podcast, we will be playing uh, Renew Collective's latest song, Great Is The Name. Um, the live version is so amazing. I hope you all listen to it. And then obviously, go check it out on YouTube, man. You all are doing a phenomenal job. 
Greg Armstrong, thank you, thank you once again, bro, for just blessing us, for loving on us in the way that you 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 did today. And man, just loving on people in general the way that you know how to best. And um, man, we we want to stay connected with you, bro. We'd love to have you back on the podcast um, as we go through this season and the seasons to come. And man, I personally cannot wait to be back in Chicago to worship with y'all again. And uh, man, just wait, to be bro. in the space You're singing of community. Next time. Yes, sir. Just to be in the yeah, space yeah. of community, man. I, I need my peoples, man. <laughs> Praise God. Greg, I love, love you, you I brother. I appreciate you. I'm proud of you. Proud hey, of you. Thank this you, man. For, for those of you all that listen today, thank you all so much, man. We're going to go ahead and close this thing out. As always, you are not losing in life. You are not failing. You are simply between the dream. What is between the dream? It's the point between your present moment and your promise. I like to call that area the process. Between the dream is the process. When you embrace your process, you embrace your progress. And when you embrace your progress, you can walk into every promise, every purpose, and every plan meant for your life. As always, guys, you are covered, you are loved, and you are not forgotten. Jesus, no other name but Jesus.